This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Let's pray. Lord, as we gather here in in this time and in this place, We ask that you would reveal your heart to us. And through that revelation that you would transform our hearts so that they'd be like your heart. And that would be good. Good for us and for all people. We pray this in your powerful and saving name, Jesus. Amen. This past week, when I was out on one of my runs, I was listening to a, a podcast. It's the Carrie Newhoff podcast. Carrie is a, a former pastor and now kind of mentors leaders. His guest that day was a guy by the name of Derwin Gray. Derwin is a former NFL football player and now pastor in Charlotte. Okay. Uh, Carrie is white and Derwin is black. As they were in this podcast, they reflected upon a time a number of years ago when they were just getting to know each other and they were finding out about each other and they were talking about their hobbies. And Derwin Gray said that one of his hobbies, he really enjoyed fishing. And Kerry Newhoff responded back that he had heard that like 400 years ago that the Great Lakes were filled with fish. That there was even a saying apparently that you could walk across the Great Lakes on the back of fish because there were so many fish. And so he said to Derwin, he asked him, wouldn't it have been great if you would have been able to live 400 years ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what Derwin said, right? No, I'm black. It wasn't a good thing to be a black man 400 years ago. For some of us, maybe that's a little shocking to hear because we just never thought of it like that before. Our continent, our, our country, to, to be honest, the, the world has had a checkered past at best when it comes to racism. I, I remember growing up on the, on the border of, you know, the United States and Mexico and, and learning about life, liberty, and, and justice for all. And, and I'm thinking back, well, how did that whole slavery thing play out then? How, how was that justice for all? How was that the pursuit of happiness? Furthermore, as we look at things and we look at history Here's the truth. Some, not all, but some white Christians supported slavery 
and segregation and racial injustice. And some white Christians saw those things, slavery, segregation, and racial injustice for the evils that they were. Some did. Raise your hand if you've heard of Frederick Douglass. A few of you have, all right. So Frederick Douglass, a black slave and a black Christian. He was able to disentangle his present reality with the truth of God. He's able to distinguish between cultural Christianity and the Christianity that Jesus is all about. This is what he wrote. He said, between the Christianity of the land, cultural Christianity, and the Christianity of Christ, I recognize the widest possible differences. To be the friend of one is of necessity to be the enemy of the other. I love the pure, peaceable, and impartiality of the Christianity of Christ. In spite of his circumstances, uh, in spite of, of what he saw and experienced, as Frederick Douglass went into the scriptures, what he was able to see is that Jesus and Christianity actually is good for all people. As Pastor Ben mentioned as as he was opening up our service, that a number of high-profile Christians recently have walked away from Christianity, not because it's not true, but because they don't see it as being good. And maybe as you've run into some of those stories of those Christians who have walked away, or, or maybe because of your own faith struggles, maybe you too have, have thought about walking away from Christianity. And so today, we're just going to go head on into all that, right? And we're going to begin a series called Before You Lose Your Faith. And, you know, in a, in a culture where there are social justice issues and, and cultural norms, we want to, you know, that conflict with Scripture, we want to check in with what Jesus says and just be honest about all those things, okay? And so today, as, as we begin this series... We're going to talk about racism. And as we begin this series and we look at all the social issues and all the cultural norms and we, we look at scripture, this is what I think you'll find. You'll have to come to your own conclusion. But this is what I think you'll find is that Christianity is not only true, but that it's good for all people. 
And so as, as we began this talk on, on racism in this series, we actually have to go back to the beginning, literally the beginning. Okay, so we're going to go back to the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis chapter 1. And this is what we find. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. And so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. From the beginning, at the beginning, God created mankind in his image. That's mind-blowing. That's spectacular. And keep in mind that we all come from the same first set of parents. Reminds us of what it says in Acts 17. From one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. So to presuppose that any ethnicity, any nation, any tribe is superior to, to a different one, another one, is to deny that we were all created from the beginning in the image of God. To value someone as lesser than someone else is actually to be a front to God who created all people. See, the, the human soul is of incalculable worth, value, and significance. It even has a purpose that transcends time. So with that as the foundation, that we are created in the image of God, we're going to move into Scripture now, into a portion of Scripture that a lot of us know as the parable of the Good Samaritan. It's just kind of a, an intro to it. This parable is going to be talking about love and racism. Racism devalues, undermines, ruins God's creation. Racism is murder of the heart. Racism is spiritual warfare that wants to destroy souls. Racism is not a skin issue. It's way deeper than that. It's a sin issue. And so as Jesus shares his words for the people living back then and for you and me living today, understand that he understands and assumes and knows that there is racism. Luke chapter 10. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? 
What is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Okay, now, now keep in mind this road from Jerusalem to Jericho, everybody knew, everybody at that time knew this was a very dangerous highway. This was a, a bad spot to be in. You really didn't want to be there and you certainly didn't want your family to be on that road. The road between Jerusalem and Jericho had a name and that name was the Pass of Blood. Okay. Don't want to be on there. Guys on there, sure enough, when he's there, he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down that same road. And when he saw the man, passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came, he, he, he saw the man pass by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense that you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robber? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Back then, same as today, people are always looking for qualifiers for love. One of the qualifiers for love is, from a human perspective, is how much do you help? How much do you help? You know what it's kind of like, right? You, you hear of someone's in, in need, and, and man, you, you would really like to help out, and you know people would like to help out, but boy, you know, I just, I just don't have a, a, a lot right now. If I were more affluent, uh, I'd, I'd open up my wallet. I'd open up my bank account. You know, I'd go to that GoFundMe page and I'd pour, if I was more affluent, I'd do it. I, I feel bad, you know. Um, or, or maybe it, it sounds like, you know, boy, I, that's really, I, I want to help out, but we're going to go on a vacation. And, and if we use money to help out there, we're not going to be able to go on, on vacation. That, that'd really be hard for me and my family. That would be a burden, 
a burden. If I were more affluent, I'd help out. But that's a burden. A guy named Paul, who was a, a follower uh, of Jesus, this is what he said. He said, carry each other's burdens. It costs. Love costs. For the priest, the, the Levite, and the Samaritan, the, the potential cost was really high, too. Okay. Not, not only of money, but, you know, keep in mind, they're coming up on a guy who is lying there on the ground. He's, he's dying. He's half dead. And, and if he's half dead, that, that means he's probably not been there all that long. And so the people who beat the snot out of him might be close by. And if they stop and help, they've already done it once. Maybe they'll do it again. For the priest and the Levite, the cost of love was too high. They passed by on the other side. Samaritan, however, was willing to pay the cost. Uh, another qualifier that that we come up with for love is, do they deserve it? Yeah. We watch the news or, or something like that, and there's a catastrophe, maybe an earthquake or, or something like that, a, a fire. And, and, you know, it was of no fault of their own that they're in this desperate situation. So we move forward to meet those needs. But so often... When people see someone who's in, in dire straits because of their own doing, because they were in the wrong place at the wrong time doing the wrong thing and they knew it, well, who's going to back away from that? They're, they're getting what they deserve. We helped them out. How are they ever going to learn? They had it coming. Another love qualifier that we learn about from the parable of the Good Samaritan, we, we know about it in our, in our own lives too, is, is what really is the, the value of that person? Right? Back then, same as today, right? We, we have this expression right there, well, they're, they're good people and they're bad people, right? For the Jewish people, Right? They were the good people. They were good people. And the Samaritans, they were the bad people. Unless, of course, if you were a Samaritan. In which case, you were good people. And the Jewish people were the bad people. People tend to help out the good people. People that look like them act like them, people that they like and people that like them back. We'll get to a little bit more of this a little bit later, but, but do understand that Jesus didn't look anything like us, but he calls us friends. Jesus 
doesn't look anything like us, but he likes us. Jesus doesn't look anything like us, but he loves us. He loves us so much that he gave up everything, everything. And and when I say everything, I mean everything. Let's say it together, everything, everything. One more time, everything. Jesus gave up everything for us. And when I say us, I mean all people. I say us, you say all. Us, all, us, all. You see, Christianity is different than every other world religion and worldview. All other world religions and worldviews say you've got to do something to be worthy, to to earn your love. And and Christianity says that by God's grace, we have this intrinsic value from the get-go and that while we were still sinners, undeserving of love, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Let me, let me give you a, a couple of examples of some worldviews out there. So secular moralism. Probably most of us heard uh, in the last couple of weeks or so that there was a for now former NFL coach who resigned his position uh, because of some racist emails. And, and I assume, and I, you know, there's probably a whole lot more than you and I know there, but he had these racist emails. And, and some people went in and, and were supportive of the coach. Okay? And I, I read a, a New York Times article this past week that, that speaks into those who were supportive of the coach. And as I read this, I, this person's got some good points, okay? There's some things in there, but just listen up, okay? Speaking to those who were supportive of the coach that said, you know, shouldn't, this shouldn't have happened. So, so they shrug off the coach's offense with the well-worn excuse of locker room banter and cry cancel culture. But that helps nothing. It's time to stop litigating whether these punishments are fair and start thinking more deeply about why the behavior they punished seemed okay in the first place. And if others who act like the coach are scared, perhaps they should be. More important, they should change. She's got some good points there. Heard they get off thinking that was an okay behavior in the first place. They should change. And see, that's, that's the thing, you know, that kind of have the right idea, but not the, the motivation to be able to do that. I mean, you can change people's behavior for a bit with fear. They should change. You'll lose their job. 
can change a, a person's behavior, at least for a little while, but you can't transform their hearts. And because you can't transform their hearts, they're living in guilt and fear, trying to cover up. That's one worldview. Here's, a, here's another one. Religious moralism. Religious moralism, especially for the most of us in our context, says this. The Bible says, love one another. Love one another. And then you'll be worthy and honorable and, and deserving of respect and love. They sound a whole lot alike because they are. And neither are Christianity. Secular moralism and religious moralism are not Christianity. They say, do something and you'll earn love. Christianity says you have value already and Jesus pours out his unconditional love on you, everyone. So let's bring it a little bit closer to home. Let's be honest, all of us here, except for maybe, maybe the youngest of us here, we've listened to a racist joke. And we didn't interrupt it and go, that's actually devaluing someone who's made in the image of God. We sat there and listened to it. And not only did we listen to it, but sometimes we laughed. All of us here, except for maybe, maybe the, the youngest of us here, have told a racist joke because we thought it was funny and it was okay. That's racism. Racism devalues a person made in the image of God. Racism separates not only people from people, but people from God. God sees color. He's okay with color. He's not afraid of color. He created, he loves color. See, this is, this is what I want you to see. What I want you to see is that we'll get Christianity when we look at that parable of the Good Samaritan and we see that we're the person who is lying on the ground, beaten, robbed, broken, left to die by Satan and our own sin. And then along came someone completely different than we are. An olive-colored skinned guy, sinless son of God, Jesus, who poured out his red blood on a Roman cross 
pay for all of our sins and who physically rose three days later to show that he is our savior. You see, when we get it, that we're that person, that we had nothing to offer, that we needed that nth degree of help, and that Jesus came along and met us where we are at in love and gave us everything. The Holy Spirit will start to use that to transform our hearts and lives so that we see that all people are actually that person that we were too, on the ground, beaten, smashed, left for dead, that Jesus came and rescued too. You see, when we get that, then we'll see the truth of scripture that says this. There is no Jew or Greek or slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. And that Christianity is not only true, but it's good for all people. For all eternity. Speaking of eternity, when you, when you think about heaven, what's in your mind? How do you picture it? As you get, what do the people look like that are in heaven? This is what scripture says. After this, I looked... And there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. As you look at that, now you know what heaven has always known. That Christianity is not only true, but it's good for all people. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for meeting us in our deepest needs. Thank you for picking us up out of the pit that Satan knocked us into, out of the pit that we placed ourselves in. Thank you for looking at us and loving us without qualification. Help that to sink in, dear God. To love us without qualification. 
And Lord God, lead us to look around and see that you love all people without qualification. And so transform our hearts so that they're like your heart, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.